to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help you to build a life of purpose and joy after loss. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, life coach and certified grief recovery specialist. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 37, Feelings. Let's talk about feelings. We just finished up the three-part series on the power of thoughts. So talking about feelings seems like the next best step. What have you been feeling today? I had a lot of feelings today. I started listing them all. I had feelings of disappointment, frustration, hope, excitement, anticipation, understanding, nervousness, expectation, energetic, worn out, a little overwhelm, gratitude, impatience, and love. Lots of feelings. I could probably come up with some more. Does it surprise you that I had so many different feelings just today? None of these feelings are bad. Some are pleasant feelings, things that we would say were pleasant feelings, and some are unpleasant feelings. Sometimes we refer to them as good. The pleasant feelings are good or the unpleasant feelings are bad, or they're positive or negative. And sometimes they don't feel good, so they feel bad, or they they feel good, or they feel bad. And so that's why sometimes we refer to them as good or bad, but they're not really good or bad. And they're really not positive or negative as much as they really are pleasant or unpleasant. That's more accurate. Because we want to be able to feel sad when something is sad. We don't want to eliminate sad from our feeling bucket. We don't want to feel happy when it feels right to feel sad. And we, and we want to be able to grieve our losses. We don't, we don't want to jump up and say everything is happy. We want to be able to grieve our losses. It feels appropriate. It feels right. We want to feel disappointed when something doesn't go our way and we want to feel frustrated when we can't get something to work. The problem isn't with the feeling of unpleasant emotions necessarily. It's a lot of times it's what we're making it mean. Are we making it mean something bad about ourselves when we feel something unpleasant and we don't want to? I think we are. I think sometimes we are. The irony is that that's a sure way when we feel bad about ourselves for feeling something unpleasant, that's a sure way of extending, extending the unpleasant feelings. The better we get at feeling all our feelings, the better we get at feeling, period. Feel all the things. Give your feelings names. Can you name all the feelings you felt today? It's a great exercise. Remember the Disney movie Inside Out? The characters were joy, disgust, sadness, fear, and anger. Sadness was definitely my favorite character. She was so cute in her little forlorn way. And Joy had a lot of work to do, didn't she? Because she was the only one that was a pleasant feeling. Out of all of those, out of joy, disgust, sadness, fear, and anger, Joy was really the only pleasant feeling that was that was acknowledged or portrayed. Because unpleasant feelings are apparently so much more interesting. So feelings are a good thing, all the feelings. And and if you think about that movie, they really only identified the five. And sometimes that's what we do. 
Sometimes that's what we do. We think there's only the only choices are fear, anger, disgust, sadness, and joy. When reality, there's a whole smorgasbord of feelings. And like I said, feelings are good, but we worry when we feel something that's unpleasant that we're going to get stuck in the unpleasant feeling. But feelings are clues to what we're thinking. And some thoughts create pleasant feelings and some thoughts create unpleasant feelings. But like I said, we don't always want to feel pleasant feelings. We want to have unpleasant feelings sometimes when something goes wrong, when something hard happens. We really wouldn't know the pleasant. We really wouldn't know the quote unquote quote good or the good feelings if we didn't experience the unpleasant or bad feelings. If we didn't experience feeling bad, it would be hard for us to experience feeling good. I was talking to a friend a few days ago and I shared with her my gratitude for all my experiences and what they've taught me about feelings. There were a couple of years where I experienced a lot of losses within just a couple of years. My brother died. I experienced a health scare and then I went through a divorce. And after my divorce, a few months later, I remarried. It was not in the plan. I met my husband, uh, my, my current husband. I met my husband just, well, I guess we met earlier, but we met and started dating uh, less than a month after my divorce was final, which was super, super quick. So it was not in the cards. I really thought with three young kids that I would be a single mom the rest of my life because I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring in somebody into our, our life just to bring somebody into my life. I, I really was being super careful, but unbelievably, my husband came into our life right then, like right in the beginning. And we got married just a few months later, which made a whole lot of sense at the time because my kids were little and they were in school and we really wanted to provide a stable home life for them. And so it made sense once we made the decision to get married, to get married pretty quickly, which is what we did. And it was crazy, but that's been 25 years ago. Anyway, because I remarried so quickly and because all these things had happened at the same time. I and mean, if you look at the, the emotional score chart, I don't, I don't remember what they call that. We've talked about it before, but <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't remember what it's called. But if you remember that, the good things and the bad things could create a stress score. So happy things and hard things create a stress score. So, I had this ginormous stress score, but because of my attitude about things, I, and I just moved on, I never dealt with the trauma and the grief of my losses. Like I did to a certain extent. And my, my attitude was just power through. That was always my attitude, just power through. It was interesting because my oldest daughter was in first grade at the time. I believe it was first grade. And she brought home this flyer for a grief group. I, if I remember correctly, it was a, a group of kids. It was like a, it was like a divorce club. I don't, I don't have a better term for it, but it was like a divorce club where all these kids whose parents had divorced 
would get together and, and I think they had some kind of presentation about it, I want to say, because she was super excited about it. And I don't think she would have gotten all that excitement just from a flyer. But the main thing that she focused on was that they were going to have an ice cream party at the end of the year. And so that was the big draw was she wanted to join this group so that she could have this big ice cream party at the end of the year. Well, Remember, my way of dealing with things was you just power through. You just keep moving. Like I was pretty miserable, but I just kept moving. And I kind of pushed that on my daughter. And I was just like, you don't need that. And my thought was, she doesn't need to get together with these kids and just complain about their parents and complain about their circumstances and whine and complain. I I really didn't look into it. I didn't know that much about it. And I don't know that I would make that same decision today. I probably would have looked at it a little closer knowing what I know. But anyway, I just thought you just want to go because of the ice cream party. And and it's just like you just buck up and you just move on. But when I lost Carrie and David, and if you haven't been listening to me for a while, go back to episode one if you're new here and listen to my story of driving the car when my two youngest children, Carrie, who was 10, and David, who was eight, died in that car accident. It was a one-car rollover accident, and it was devastating. There are no words for how devastating that loss was. I was homeschooling my kids at the time, and, and they were just gone, and it was just horrific. They were the youngest of my six children, and Losing them required that I do the work. There was no other choice. I could not just power through. And to survive, I was going to have to do the work. I was going to either collapse under the weight of it, or I was going to have to do the work. And if you've ever moved, you know what it's like to have all your boxes, all your things boxed up. You're moving into a new house and, and you start to unpack. So you've, uh, you've packed everything up and you've moved it into a new house. And now you have this task of unboxing everything, of putting everything away and unpacking everything. And you have it all packed away and you've got to start unboxing things. And you, you start to unbox things. And there's this point, there's this point at which you get comfortable. So you don't have everything unboxed, but you're feeling pretty comfortable because you've got some clothes, you've got a toothbrush, you've got sheets, you've got towels, you've got utensils, you've got enough things in the kitchen that you can function. And there's just this spot where you're like, okay, I'm good. Like I can go a few days. It's kind of like nicer camping because you're not in a tent, but it's it's a little bit like camping because you're just going with the bare basics. And you just kind of unpack to that point until you get comfortable and then the packing slows down. And if you're super busy, like I was when I moved into my last house because I was opening a new business at the same time, so it was crazy busy time. If you're super busy, then you just, you just, you just deal with what you've got. You've got your utensils, you've got your, you've got your clothes, you've got your sheets, you've got your towels and your toothbrush, and you're like, I'm good to go. And so you just pack to that point of comfort, or you unpack, I should say, to that point of comfort, and then you just stop. And that's a little bit like what I did with all that grief that I had during those couple of years of my brother's death and the divorce and my health. I just packed it all away 
And I unpacked as much as I needed to in order to be somewhat comfortable. But I really wasn't comfortable. And I didn't know why. I didn't really, I didn't understand grief at the time. I didn't understand my feelings. I didn't understand the need to express my feelings or to feel my feelings. I didn't understand that need. And the painful feelings just kind of stayed buried. And so, like I said, I unpacked them enough to where I could function. I could function just like when you unpack a house, you get to a point where you can function. It's not ideal, but you can function. And that's what I did with my grief. I unpacked it enough that it was functional, but it wasn't good. I didn't have everything. I didn't, I didn't unpack everything so that I could really experience the, all the feelings because feelings are powerful and we don't want to underestimate our feelings. We don't want to ignore our feelings and we have to be super, super careful about judging our feelings. And when painful feelings come, sometimes we just bury them, we pack them away, and we just keep packing them away on top of each other until we reach a breaking point, point where we have to, we have to face them or else. And that's exactly what happened to me when Carrie and David died. I had no choice. I had to start unpacking everything because I was beyond the top of my ability to handle everything. So we, we remember from the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about our thoughts and how they create our feelings. So we have to be careful. We don't judge our feelings. We don't, we don't choose our feelings necessarily. Our feelings, we choose our thoughts and then our feelings come from those thoughts. I'm going to be speaking. I'm preparing right now to speak at the energy healing conference this weekend in Salt Lake City. And I'll be speaking on healing and happiness after loss. We are beings of energy and we have vibration. So for example, when you walk into a room and we say the vibe is bad or the vibe is good, the vibe that we're talking about is the vibration. We can feel the energy. If you're around somebody who's feeling low, you can feel their energy. If you're around somebody that's super happy, you can feel their energy. And so we... When we feel grief and sadness and anger, those are low vibration feelings. It's why it doesn't feel good. And when we feel gratitude and love, those are high vibration feelings. Those are the best high vibration feelings. And we manage our emotions by managing our thoughts. But first, before we get into like managing emotions, which we talked about, you know, our thoughts in the last three weeks. But before we get into managing our emotions, we first must pay attention, not just reject what we're feeling, but really, really pay attention. When I work with clients, sometimes they get discouraged. They get discouraged because they are starting to feel better and to have a better perspective on their loss. And then they have a couple of off days. And they're discouraged because it feels like they're going backward, but really they're not. We all, we all have bad days. We all have bad days here, there. We all have a couple of bad days together. They are to be expected. But when we think I should be past this, or I should know better, or I thought I was doing better than this, then we get discouraged. Instead of just chalking it up to the bad days, that we can expect from time to time, we get discouraged because of our thoughts. Our thoughts about what we're making it mean. 
And when we pile discouragement on top of it, we can expect to feel bad longer. I hope that makes sense. So we have the original thought that brought an unpleasant feeling that created a bad day or two. And then we feel discouraged because our thoughts about having the bad day have created additional unpleasant feelings. If we can be more accepting of our humanness, all of it, if we can sit with our feelings before we run away so we can learn from it, so we can grow. And if you're feeling better overall and you have a setback, you can just know that you have new tools and new understanding that will allow you to sit patiently or more patiently, I should say, with the unpleasant feelings. And then we just get super curious. We just want to be curious and we just want to be loving like we would to a good friend. Let us, let's be our own best friend. And we get super curious about what we thought, what the thought was that led to the bad feelings that we had, not in a judgmental way, not in a, I have to cure this right away. It's not that it's just awareness. Let's, let's be curious about what thought led to it. And then you can decide what you want to do about it, if anything. So if we decide after experience our feelings that the thought that created it isn't serving you, like if you decide that it really isn't serving you, then you can work on getting it up and out. And up and out, you know, we've talked a lot about this, but when we have unpleasant feelings and we have a chance to look at it and we decide that this is an unpleasant feeling that, that we feel like we want to move. We want to move the unpleasant feeling. We want to get it up and out. There's a few things we can do. One is to journal. One is to scream, get a pillow and just scream all your emotions out. Or crying is another way to get those feelings up and out. Instead of stuffing them down, instead of ignoring them, we want to do something to get them up and out. I I did some journaling today. I was super frustrated or I felt these kind of strong emotions coming up. And I thought, you know, I just need to journal this. I just need to get it out. And I got on my computer. I don't pay attention to punctuation. I don't pay attention to spelling. It mainly looks like jibber jab, jabber mess when I get done. And I just get it all out. And it's not pretty. And it's not, it's not something I would want anybody to read. And I don't expect anybody to read it at any time. It's something that I eventually just delete, but getting it out of me and onto paper takes the edge off of those uncomfortable feelings. And that way we can let go of the low vibration feelings. We can't always, it's not something that, you know, if you're in raw grief right now, yes, you want to journal. Yes, you want to do these things. You want to cry. You want to scream. You want to do these things to get all that heavy emotion out of you, but don't expect it to all go away in one session. It's not like you're going to scream into your pillow and the next day everything's going to be roses and sunshine. It's not like that, but it certainly is a healthy way of getting the emotions out so that you can start to cope. Then we want to invite high vibration thoughts and feelings. A couple of things that help with that declarations help us to raise our vibration. I talked about that last week, you know, choosing new thoughts. When we choose new thoughts and we intentionally practice those new thoughts, it raises our vibration. We create good feelings with good thoughts. We allow happy. We allow happy. Happiness is available to us. We just have to allow it. 
And when I say that, I'm not talking about this euphoric state that you just live in 100% of the time, but no matter where you are right now, you can still experience happiness at some level at some times, not all the time. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once a week something happens and you feel happiness. You feel happy kind of come into your life. Don't push it away. If we continue to push our feelings away, the so-called bad and the good, we deny our feelings. And that's when we become numb and robotic. Have you felt that way? I have felt that way. We can't suppress one. We can't suppress the good without suppressing the other. We can't suppress the bad without suppressing the good. It just, that's just the way it works. I don't know exactly why it works that way, but it's the way it works. When I was younger in my, you know, early mid twenties, I was feeling really uncomfortable. I was having a lot of unpleasant feelings and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't understand how my thoughts influenced my feelings. I didn't understand how to even look at my feelings. I didn't understand how to feel my feelings, how to express my feelings in a way that wasn't going to be hurtful to others. And because I didn't recognize that my feelings were clues to my thoughts and, and, and what was going on in my head, and I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any tools and I, I didn't know what to do with these feelings. I didn't know how to get feelings up and out. I didn't even know how to identify my feelings. I didn't know how to name them. I really had no tools. So instead of dealing with my feelings, instead of having these tools, instead of understanding how feelings work and how to feel my feelings and all of that, I would explode all over everyone. It was horrible. I just was not a pleasant person. And and frankly, I'm not always a pleasant person now, but I sure understand it a whole lot better. Now I understand more about my feelings. Now I understand what they are and I understand how to feel them and to just be with them and to go internal and think, how did, how is this, what am I feeling right now? And give it a name and then be able to journal or be able to identify those thoughts that kind of were creating my feelings and, and be able to be curious about that. I didn't know how to be patient with myself. I didn't know how to be loving to myself. When we can't be patient and loving to ourselves, it is way harder to be patient and loving with other people. And so that's why this work is so valuable because it's not only helping you, it's helping everybody around you. I, I didn't understand how I could learn from my feelings. I, and I, of course, I had no idea what to do with it all. But now that I do, now that I have this understanding, now that I practice managing my emotions by managing my thoughts, it is so liberating. It is freedom. I love it. And I hope you do too. So today or first thing tomorrow, I'd like you to do two things. Number one, I want you to look up a chart of feelings so you can become more familiar with the different words for feelings. Maybe I'll create a chart for you at some point, but you can Google it. You can Google a chart of feelings and look it up and get some ideas of names of feelings and think about the nuances of it. So that's the first thing. Look up a chart of feelings. 
The number two thing I want you to do is I want you to journal about your feelings. What have you been feeling and why? Now you have this list of words, go through them and identify a couple of feelings that you've experienced today or yesterday and start to write, I feel whatever that feeling is. I feel disappointment. I feel angry. I feel fear, whatever it is. I feel blank because, and then write everything out, write everything that you're feeling, write your frustrations, write your fears, write your, what's making you angry. It doesn't have to be nice. In fact, if you're writing about unpleasant feelings, it shouldn't be nice. Let's be real. It shouldn't be nice. It, it, it doesn't have to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. It doesn't have to be grammatical. It doesn't have to be anything but just a way for you to get the feelings out. Just get started. It's just a way to get started on looking at your thoughts and feelings. So the first thing was look up a chart of feelings. And the second one was to journal about your feelings. If you want some help with all this, reach out to me at julie at buildalifeafterloss.com and let's set up a time to have a chat. It's free to you and I guarantee you'll learn a lot. Remember, I believe in you. You can totally do this. Love you. Bye.